Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. As I promised last week, we are going to look at something quite powerful today. The fact that God's love makes us fearless. Amen. You know, this is, this is where so much of the time our faith gets shipwrecked and all sorts of things happen and things don't work out the way they should because when fear creeps in, it ruins everything. Amen. And so we really need to, that's the reason why the love of God is so important that we understand that He first loved us. This is all about Him loving us. You know, so for so long it has been, we have to love God and we have to do all these things for Him. And we have to, you know, it's almost like we are working for our salvation. And it says it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amen? For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so we really, really need to understand that everything comes from love, all the gifts come from love, they are gifted to us so that we can live a perfect life. Amen. Amen. Or try to, okay? <laughs> right? And you know, so much of the time, we take First John 1, 9, um, you know, as, as kind of like, oh, well, if I sin, I've got a, you know, kind of a way to get it out of it. It's not there for that. Do you know all of this comes from the apostle of love? The apostle of love that says, if you understand how much God loves you and you want to live a life that is perfect before God, there's a way to do it. Whenever you mess up, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you of all unrighteousness and bring you back to a place of perfect righteousness, perfection before God. Wow. In the face of the devil. <laughs> In the face of everything that he did to wreck everything. Hallelujah. I think that's extraordinary. And I believe that it, once we get this revelation, we will start to walk in the kind of faith that literally moves mountains. You know, that's the kind of faith that stops, you know, just when the weather isn't good and we don't like it, we just change it. When, <laughs> you know, when all kinds of quote-unquote natural disasters are threatening us, we just say no. Amen. Anyway, that's not my message. Well, it kind of is, isn't it? All right. <laughs> First John chapter 4, verse 18. Let me begin reading. It says, there is no fear in love. You know, we can spend weeks on that. Let's do that. No. <laughs> this is so important. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Can I give you a little extra revelation on this? I'm getting it right now, so I'll just dish it out as I'm getting it. There is no fear in God. And God, greater is he that is in you, First John 4, 4, that is, than he that's in the world. Who lives in you? God lives in you. Can I put it another way? Love lives in you. There's no fear in love. Deep on the inside of you, there is no fear. All your fears are on the outside. They're in your head, okay? But in your heart, you have the ability to live a fearless life. Are you all here? And notice he says, 
Perfect love casts out fear. It doesn't tolerate it. It casts it out. In fact, one um, translation, if you've got a New Living Translation, it says it expels it. You know, it just gets rid of it. It just has... When you... Um, let, let me see if I can remember this right. Water and oil. Oil floats, correct? When, if you put water into a container that has oil, do you know what? The water expels the oil. It just pushes it out. It can't live together. Do you all know what I'm trying to say? Do you all do chemistry? Trust me. That's what happens, okay? It just literally expels the oil. If you keep putting enough water, there won't be anything, any oil left in the container. It'll just push it all out until all that's left is love. There's no fear anymore. Amen? It says because fear involves torment. See, this is why God doesn't want that fear living in you. Because it, it involves torment. It torments you. And it goes and says, but he who fears, and watch now, he says, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He's saying, if you have any fear in your life, then we know one thing. You have not been made perfect or mature. That's the word mature. Made mature or perfect in love. We can tell by the fear. Well, I thought it was the faith. Huh, see? <laughs> okay. We can, see, <laughs> this is why love and faith work so well together. Love expels fear and allows faith to work unhindered. Amen? So Jesus didn't have to say, why do you fear? Where is your faith? You can say, I have no fear. Here's my faith. Amen? <laughs> okay? That's when mountains start to get nervous around you. Leave us be. <laughs> We're happy here. <laughs> okay? All right, let, let me go through these. There are several things stated here, both positively and negatively, that we need to look at. As we do, we need to do it with the understanding that the fear mentioned here, listen, has nothing to do with reverential fear. That's mentioned in Luke 1.50. And there's a couple of scriptures there. I don't want to go through them right now. But it's, it's, this is ungodly, destructive fear. Do you all understand what I'm trying to say? So this is the kind of fear that destroys you. This isn't the kind of fear that reverences God and uh, how can you put this? It's the same kind of fear in a sense. I mean, it's a reverence. It's, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's a respect. Do you know when you get to the road, the edge of the road uh, or the edge of the pathway and you're about to step off into a road, hey, you need to have some respect for the cars that are driving. They'll run over you. You need to watch out. You need, okay. Some of them fellas don't care if there's a crossing there they drive like they get more points if they hit you or something i don't know man some of the weird people out there i'm just saying that you know there is a respect when i cross when i you know when i'm on the road i watch out for everything i don't expect people to do the right thing you doubt yes <laughs> Call me Thomas, you know, <laughs> but it has saved me from so, uh, so many accidents or, you know, things that could have been accidents. Simply because I just, I just learned earlier on, early on in my driving, that no, not everybody 
You know, they, they don't listen to the road rules. They don't take them as kind of rules. They take them more as options, suggestions, a mild inconvenience. They just drive however they want to. Are you all with me? You know? <laughs> and so I just, I've just learned to, to, to be that way, just to be cautious, just to you know, have that kind of, I'm not expecting you to do the right thing, so I'm going to make sure that I drive twice as safe. And the number of times I've avoided accidents is unbelievable. Amen. So we're not talking about that kind of fear. What we're talking about is the kind of fear that hounds you and destroys you, that eats you up from the inside, that doesn't give you peace, that doesn't allow you rest, that keeps you up at night. You all with me? See, that, that's tormenting. That's a tormenting kind of fear. And it usually comes because you don't believe that God's going to look after whatever you are afraid of. Are you all here? And so we need to, this, this is the reason why we need to understand that God loves us. He's not asking us to love Him and everything will be all right. He's saying, just receive the love that I have for you and everything will be all right. Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I'll give you more work. Is not what it says. <laughs> it says, I will give you rest. You know, that's something that I have been gaining more and more of a revelation of. That we need to rest in God. We need to learn how to rest and receive. Not kind of have this, uh, I'm trying to receive, you know, like illumination. Okay, thank you. It's, it's not that kind of faith. I don't know what that is. That's not faith. Faith is a rest. Faith just knows. See, it's a knowing. When you're straining, you don't know. Are you all with me? There's straining and there's knowing. The straining is not knowing. Knowing is relaxing. Knowing is going, I, it's okay. God has got this. I don't, he does. <laughs> Amen? And you just let him do his thing. And you have, you know, in the back of my heart, in the back of my mind, I always feel like, God, if I die, I'll be in your face. I'll be there, I'll be talking to you. Won't be pleasant? No. <laughs> no, I don't know if I can even stand in his presence. But you know. <laughs> but I, I have to have that kind of faith, that kind of image on the inside of me to just stand. When he says, having done all to stand, stand, that's what you have. You, you need to know that while you're standing, he's looking after you. It's when you turn and run, then you're on your own. You know, because he's still standing, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this. All right. It is knowing and believing that the love that God has for us or has for you will drive out fear. As one commentator put it, love and fear are completely incompatible and cannot coexist in the same consciousness. Get this, please. They are completely incompatible. They don't mix at all. And they can't live in the same consciousness. You can't be, you know, have a consciousness of love and fear at the same time. They, they just can't live together. 
Listen to me, which tells us something. If there is fear there, it means love isn't there. Are you all with me? And it is something that is received by faith. I want to say more, but maybe I'll come back to it. That's why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us what? A spirit of fear. Because the thing doesn't mix. The spirit of fear doesn't mix with the spirit of, watch the three things, power, love, sound mind. They don't mix. If you have fear, you don't have a sound mind. If you have fear, you don't have power. And of course, if you don't have fear, you don't have, excuse me, if you have fear, you don't have love. Because he said, you can tell by the fear, you don't have any love. <laughs> I mean, John said that. But I want you to see that the fear short circuits your power as well. Those things that you need done in your life, those things that you're believing God for, the fear will short circuit the thing. That's why God says, trust me, trust me, trust me. We're going to look at some scriptures today to help you with that. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so I've said here again, notice that a spirit of fear stands in direct opposition to a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. And while the Apostle Paul says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, the spirit of power is the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power. See, this is the reason why we shouldn't have any fear in our life. There should be so much power kind of just oozing out. We kind of need to be those little toys that go in the dark, you know. <laughs> you turn the light off and the Christian is like, can you turn off? They did it with Moses. They had to put a bag over his head. He's keeping the whole camp up at night. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he didn't have a dimmer on him. You know, just said, they bagged him just to make sure. You know, you know? So that's the way it should be. He's coming back for a glorious church. That glory is that, that light, that power. Acts 1.8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And he got to Australia. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, we were there at the end of the earth. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Thank God he said to the end of the earth. <laughs> all right, but, you know, it, <laughs> I, I love this, that he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He didn't say you'll just get a lot of knowledge, you'll be able to win all the arguments. He said you are going to get power when this comes on you. And that's what's going to make you a witness. That's why he said don't do witnessing. He said be a witness. Amen. The power is the witness. Isn't it interesting that the church took all that away? And said, oh, that passed away. Which bit? The Holy Spirit has to pass away for the power to pass away. The power has to pass away if the Holy Spirit... You can't take him out. You can't say that the power is gone, but the Holy Spirit stayed. That's like the water is gone, but the wet stayed. Or, <laughs> no, you get the water, you get the wet. They're the same thing. You can't separate the two. That is God's power. He is God's power. And it's not a it. Okay, all right, and we need to treat him with great respect. 
Amen. As for the love, it, that's, remember we looked at this before, so I won't get you to turn there. In Romans 5, 5, remember again, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When the power came, the love came. And it was poured out into our hearts. See, because it was poured out into our hearts, we don't have to do this on our own. What we need to do is activate what's already there. Do you know when we switch the light on, we activate what's there? We can sit in the dark. But there's a switch out there. If you turn it on, you activate the lights. But it requires you to turn the thing on. You can't like use the force. <laughs> okay? You've got to do something. You do it and it will work. We, we need to receive this revelation and it will work. If we doubt it, it won't. There is something, see, <laughs> we need to understand that we were built a certain way. Okay? Now the world, you know, because it is so orientated towards the five senses, it doesn't understand that there are other senses, things that go beyond the five senses. Things that work on another realm. And just as much as we know that if we want to, you know, if we want to get this Bible off here, we need to use this to pick it up. If somebody said, well, I'm just going to mm, think it off there, they'll kind of go, use your hand, Dopey. You just, <laughs> you know, pick it up. But there you go. You know, but that's, this is the problem we have. We don't realize that faith there are some things that only faith can pick up. And we're trying to use the wrong thing to pick the thing up. I can't pick this up with my nose. That's to smell. Doesn't Okay? I can't pick it up with my ears. That's to hear. I can't do certain things in the spirit with my physical senses. That requires something else. And so God built certain things on the inside of us that could influence things. That's your ability to believe. The world has made little of it, but it's so powerful. It is a force in itself. Which is why Jesus said, if you can believe as you speak, which is the release mechanism of what you believe. It says you can move physical mountains. I thought it was a lit, uh, figurative mountain. Yeah, he had just, just finished with a, not a figurative fig tree, but a literal fig tree. And as they were looking at that and marveling at that, he said you can do the same thing to the mountain as, you, as I did to the tree. You're all with me. Every commentary I read says, oh, that was figurative. And yet when Jesus comes back, his, his feet are going to hit the mountain. It is going to split and go into the ocean. That is no figurative mountain. That's for another time. All right, back to this. This is so important that you get this because this is the power of the love of God. When you get a revelation of the fact that he loves you. See, this is why it went back to what John said. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. 
See, that's what made him so powerful. He believed in something so simple, yet it was so powerful. He didn't believe about, you know, it wasn't about his love toward God. It was God's love toward him. Wow. Moving on, moving on. As for the spirit of a sound mind, we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, the apostle Paul says there, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Oh, nobody. His ways are far beyond us. We can't get anywhere close to it. Hang on, read the rest of the verse. He says, but, there's a but there. <laughs> if you see a but, it's good news. Okay? He says, but we have the mind of Christ. Which then tells us the, all that part, the first part of that verse works for us. Who has known the mind of the Lord? We got his mind. The world doesn't know it, but we do. Amen. That's why he says, come, let us reason together. He doesn't say, come here, I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> Amen. God wants to work with us. The Lord working with us. And we keep wanting to throw it back on him. And say, you do it. And God says, no, you do it. And God said, let them have dominion. Amen? See, we still, learn to, we still need to learn to rise up and take dominion before we get to heaven. And it says, and subdue the earth. Do you know, I love that, that part. A lot of people don't realize the significance of that part. The dominion is when you take authority over things and you begin to do things in the spirit, you know, that, that, that spiritual force, okay? That faith and whatever. But subdue is a whole nother deal. Subdue is, okay, so the mountain is made up of. Amen. <laughs> subdue is, okay, so earth revolves around the sun. And there's planets in front of us and behind us. Subdue is, you get to know everything about God's handiwork. You get to know it because we have the mind of Christ. Begin to appreciate what was created. Hallelujah. The complexity of it all and the simplicity of all the little equations that govern it, which is incredible. That's what stumped me when I was in school. I, I, I just kept looking at things and thinking, it's too simple. The, all the gravitational laws and all this, it's so simple. You go through this complex thing and come back to this tiny little equation. It's ridiculous. Until I realized that's, that's the brilliance of God. He takes something incredibly complex and does, does, <laughs> does the miraculous and makes it simple. Hallelujah. And you begin to understand that and you begin to appreciate God and you begin to see and understand who's looking after your life. Your life doesn't have to be so complex. Amen. You can live a simple, blessed life and change the world. Simply. Hallelujah. All right. All of this hinges on the fact that God loves us and will always be there for us if we let him. Did you get that? 
Please get the last little bit. If we led him. A lot of people don't let him. And, this, and then they say, God, where are you? And he goes, I've never left you, never forsaken you. Why? Where did you think I was? Just because they disconnect from him and don't allow him to do what he wants to do. That's very sad. In his commentary, Swami J. Kismak puts it so well when he writes, As faith and doubt cannot, or cannot exist together in the heart of the believer, so love and fear have nothing in common. They can't exist in the heart of the believer. In your heart, you can't have a mixture of fear and love and faith and all these things. If fear is in there, it's going to mess everything up. Amen? That's the reason why God, who is love, says in Isaiah 41.10, He says, fear not, for I am with you. Can I give you another revelation on this now? He says, fear not, love is with you. Oh, amen. Love's got its arms around you. Don't be afraid. He says, be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Love will strengthen you. Get this revelation. God is love. Love strengthens you. That's the reason why you're not afraid. Because you have strength. You not only have power, you now have strength. Holy Spirit gives you the power. God says, I will give you strength. You know there are three of them I one, right? <laughs> Try not to separate them out too much. He says, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Love will uphold you. Love will look after you. That's why he's saying, believe the love. Believe he will give you strength. Believe he will look after you, protect you. Do everything that he promised. Believe and that believing opens the door in that realm for everything to work. If you don't believe, the door is shut. Please get this. When the door is shut, you are shutting God out. He is right there and he can't do what he wants to do. The number of Christians that have suffered that didn't need to. Man, I've, uh, throughout history... It's been really sad to see the suffering they went through in the name of God, standing up for the things of God. And I take my hat off to them. But there was more. There was more. Amen? We have to be careful what example we set. Because people tend to have a habit of following people. That's right. <laughs> you know? I want to follow Jesus. When they want to throw him off a cliff, he just disappears, walks right through the middle of them. When the storm tries to drown him, he just says, peace be still, and everything is calm. When people die, he goes, rise up. It's never the end with him. It's always the beginning. There's the problem. Here's the answer. These are not professional mourners. <laughs> okay? <laughs> they will actually change the situation. I always, I always wonder this. 
have to share this because it just came up in my consciousness and I want to share this with you. I always wonder, you know, what the priest and the whatever said to, you know, when that woman who had lost her only son and she was a widow and there was no way for her to, you know, make ends meet after that. And they were, they were going to go bury him. I wonder what the priest said to her before that. Well, now, God wanted him. God called him by his whatever. And he needed another angel or something ridiculous. The stuff that people come up with. And, the, and I'm, I'm sure the mother was going, why? I need him more. <laughs> you know, like, he's got enough. I just got one of these. And, you know, I just always think she probably was going to God, why? This isn't right. I know the preacher is telling me it's God and, you know, his will and all this sort of stuff. And then along comes Jesus. God in the flesh. And I'm sure he knew what she was thinking. And he says, put the coffin down. What? Yeah, yeah, put it down. And he, I love the story because it says he raises the kid up and hands him to the mother. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't have to wait to get reunited up there. If it weren't meant to happen, fix it. Now some people leave him alone. They lived a good life, they died, leave him alone, man. They're going to get upset if you bring him back. <laughs> I'm serious. There have been some people that came back, weren't happy. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I lived my life, that was enough. You did this for you, not for me. I was having a great time up there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, that's what I always say. You just make sure what you're doing. Check with God. Jesus didn't stop every funeral. Hmm? At the gravesite, you know, when he brought Lazarus forth, he didn't say, everybody come out. Hmm. There's a revelation in that. Okay. What happened? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> You're telling me I've run out of time. Um... <laughs> We'll have to come back to this, okay? Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> can I leave this? I'll leave you with the scripture. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. I'll leave you with this. Jesus is speaking here. I love this verse. We miss this verse so much of the time. Jesus says, fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Wow, get a revelation on that. He says, don't be afraid. It gives God pleasure to give you the kingdom. Will you receive it? Amen. I mean, everything that thing holds, everything it represents. God, Jesus is saying, God wants to give it all to you. So he said the kingdom of God is at hand now. Hallelujah. Do you know then it says that the kingdom is in you? So when he said it's, it, it's, it gives your father pleasure to give you the kingdom, that actually happened. 
That kingdom now is inside of us. See, we have to become kingdom-minded, not up there kingdom-minded, but in here kingdom-minded. Amen. Whenever you walk up to something, the whole kingdom walks up. That's why devils get so nervous. They don't see you coming up. They see the kingdom of God coming up. Amen. All right. You know what? All of this, and we'll pick up next week. All of this is because he loved us first. He first loved us. And he has never stopped loving us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The way he loved us when he first saw you, that moment still, that goes on forever. It never changes. Hmm? He is God. He doesn't change. If it was said one time, it's forever. Hallelujah. We need to learn to walk in that revelation, in that understanding. And you know, one of the things that, uh, I have to finish with this, one of the things that the devil does in, in enticing you to sin is to break your contact with God. Because he'll never break contact with you. It's to break your contact with God so that you won't receive this. So that you get to the place where you're feeling guilty and you feel like you don't deserve it and you will not allow it to work in your life. Do you understand? That's why we shouldn't sin. So that we allow everything that God wants to do in us, through us, for us, access to us, unhindered access to us. And that we truly walk in that glory, in that presence of God. Amen. It won't take long after that. This whole thing will come to an end. Because people will begin to see the glory of God in this earth. And Jesus will come back for that glorious church. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. and We thank you, Father. We thank you for loving us first. We thank you when we weren't lovable at all. You still loved us. And Jesus put it so well when he said, For God so loved you that he gave everything. His only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, I just thank you if there's anybody out there watching today that wants in on this. They've heard this message and they're saying, I want this kind of life, a fearless life, a peaceful life. I thank you, Father, that they do as the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Amen. And I just thank you, Lord, that that's as simple as it gets. You made it simple so that nobody would have an excuse for missing out on this. Hallelujah. So I just thank you, Father, if there's, there are people out there that are receiving salvation, if they're receiving Jesus Christ as Lord right now, I just pray a protection over them. I just thank you, Father, that they will let us know as well. <laughs> 
what's happened, but we just thank you, Father, that we pray protection over them and we pray, pray blessing over them. And we thank you, Father, that they get a revelation of this kind of love that you have for them. That this love recreated them from the inside out. That they became new creations. Hallelujah. That everything old passed away. Everything that is there now is new and of God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.